Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really wanna go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Every so often I like to get back to the basics and talk about a certain topic that I really don't feel like I can speak into very well on my own. And that is the topic of organization. Now, as the years have gone on, as I have found how minimalism works for me, I have started slowly finding ways to become more organized. However, I am not a naturally organized person, and you will hear me talk about that in this episode. In fact, I wouldn't even call myself an organized mess most of the time, at least before minimalism. I was like a disorganized mess, and there are still little corners in my house that are just for me. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear me talk about one of them in this episode. I could still say that is, I don't even think that's an organized mess. That's just full-on disorganization. Slowly, 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 I have implemented systems that work for me. It takes me a long time to find what works for me. And I am finding like these magical things that, that really finally help me organize my life. But again, I just, I love to talk about this topic. I love to bring this topic onto the podcast because I feel like 
It is the next step. After you declutter, you want to organize or else you still got stuff everywhere, right? Because we don't, we're not getting rid of all of our stuff. Less stuff is easier to organize. And you might have heard the phrase, you can't organize clutter. And today, my guest, Janelle Williams, is going to give her perspective on that idea of organizing clutter. Can you organize clutter? What would it look like? And what kind of is the best way to go about organization? I love this conversation just on organizing and decluttering in general because Janelle brings so many practical tips, but she also brings us a lot of mindset shifts. Some things that even hit me hard too. Because like I said, as someone with a brain that isn't naturally inclined to organization, I have a lot of times just kind of threw my hands up in the air and just said, well, this is how it is for me. This is me. It's fine. Like, we'll, we'll all be fine, which we will. But at the same time, Janelle kind of brings some perspective shifts. And, and this conversation has really given me inspiration to dive deeper into finding organization methods that do work for me not just for my own self and my own sanity, but also just for the people that I live with as well. So if you are a person who loves organization, you're going to love this episode because that is Janelle. She is like the natural organized person, but she also can really speak to the person who maybe isn't so naturally organized and maybe has struggled with organization. Like She is here to help us. With that said, let me tell you a little bit more about Janelle. She started her professional organizing business in December of 2016. She is the owner and lead organizer. Her goal is to assist clients with reclaiming their space and time while conquering clutter with ease. I just love that goal. Because of her background in public health, she approaches organization from a wellness-based perspective by assisting clients with understanding the why behind the clutter. Janelle is also a published author. She has written the book Five Essential Steps to Organize Your Home in Seven Days. I know you're going to love this conversation. We also touch on the holidays and just how to keep the clutter at bay around the the holiday time as well. So this is going hand in hand with the holiday-based conversations that we've had. Wherever you are at on your organizing and decluttering journey, I know you're going to find something in this episode that is going to inspire you to keep moving forward. Let's dive into my conversation with Janelle. All right, Janelle, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Before we dive into our conversation, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much, Desiree, for giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast, first of all. As Desiree said, my name is Janelle, Janelle Williams. I'm a wife uh, of 21 years. Um, I'm also a mom of three. My oldest is a college student. My middle child is a high school senior. And then I have um, a little one who is in eighth grade. And professionally, I'm an author. Um, I wrote a book back in 2020 on decluttering and organizing. And I run a business called Organized by JWC, where I help families and busy professionals to conquer clutter with me. I love it. And I love all that you share just in the world of decluttering and organizing. I am curious, first, of just your story. So what was your personal journey with kind of decluttering, organizing, minimalism in general? When did that become a part of your life? Was it something that 
was like always, you know, you were always organized or did you learn about minimalism and have like a full on journey into it? I just want to hear what that looks like for you. So for me, and I kind of talk about it a little bit in my book, it was something that was innate in me from the time that I was a child. So I was born in the Caribbean and then we migrated to the United States. Uh, We used to live in New York City. And then when I got married, I moved down to Maryland with my family. But one of the things that I realized was the lifestyle that we lived when we were in the Caribbean, it was very simple. It was extremely simple. And when we moved to the United States, it was like my mom just started accumulating a whole lot of things. And for me, I didn't understand what, you know, that was all about. I didn't understand it. Um, But I was so used to that simplified lifestyle that we had when we were back in the Caribbean that it was so innate in me from the time that I was a child to be organized. So when we moved up here to the United States, I was the fixer <laughs> as a child in my home. I literally would go around decluttering without knowing what the term really was until I got much older. But um, it was something that I guess lived with me from the time that I was a childhood. When I went on to college, I was known as Miss, Miss Meats. Um, with my dorm room. And I've basically carried that with me through my entire life. I feel like being organized, um, simplifying things, just just not having too many things around me keeps me, it keeps me alert. It helps me to be able to complete the things that I need to do. Um, and it just makes life much easier. I love that. I, I love hearing stories like that because it's so opposite of my experience because I'm just like naturally cluttered and chaos type of person. So minimalism has helped me because of that. And so I love people like you because this is where I learn how to, you know, it's where I've learned along the way and just the things that you share and the way that your brain works helps me to implement it in my life. And I love that it, it came from childhood for you. And even though your mom kind of started accumulating things when you moved here, you were the one to keep your family grounded and uncluttered. And so that, it sounds like that has navigated over into your professional life. So what made you want to start helping people declutter and get organized like as a profession? So to be honest, it was not my first choice or my you know initial decision to kind of help people do that. I come from a public health background, so I was working in the public health field And one of the things that friends and family would always comment on when they came into my space, my home, was the neatness of my home, the organization of my home, the fact that we never looked like we had a whole bunch of toys all over the place when my kids were younger. And so that they've always encouraged me over the years that this is something that I probably need to teach people. And I was like, who does that as a job? Uh, I really didn't think that that was a possibility. And in 2016, I kind of had a little bit of transition in my personal life where I left my um, profession. I left my job in public health. And at the encouragement of these lovely family and friends of mine, they kind of pushed me and urged me, okay, this is the perfect opportunity for you to start this business and to really teach people how to do this. 
for me, I was okay with doing it for family and friends because I've always done it for family and friends. I would encourage them. I would teach people how to declutter, but they were very personal to me. So it was very easy. Um, I think where the struggle came for me is doing it for strangers, you know, walking into somebody's home, not knowing them personally and kind of like telling them what to do. Um, it was um, daunting. That was very daunting for me. And so I kind of had to get over myself um, and kind of really listen to others around me to take that leap and to take that jump into actually starting a business and to doing this for others. I'm so glad that it's something that family and friends encourage you to do because it is, it seems just like something you're so naturally gifted in. I know that you, like you said, you do this, um, you like walk into people's house physically and do this in person. Do you also do it virtually or what, what does that look like for you? So I can technically do it virtually. Um, most of my clients are in-home in-home clients, but I would say the ones that I help with virtually are people that I do workshops for, uh, people that I do talks for. That's how I kind of help people virtually. I've had maybe over the years one or two clients that we've worked together virtually, but I think one of the big things in order for me to work with someone virtually, they have to be able to implement. And sometimes that's kind of the hardest part for people to do because, you know, there are barriers to decluttering an organization. And one of the biggest barriers is time, right? It's yeah. education, but sometimes it's time. And so a lot of the people that I work with, they come up with ideas, but for them, it's the time um, combined with the knowledge that they kind of need, that they don't have, I should say, um, that deters them from decluttering and getting organized. So that's why, you know, I work with more people in person than I do virtually because I find that um, with, with decluttering especially, it's so hard for people. And so doing that virtually, you really have to work on that person's mindset um, in order for them to accomplish that. So I kind of do do both, um, but I do do more in-home than I do virtual. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I have, you can watch someone else like do it all day or learn from them all day, but to actually put it into action is a different story. And so in person, you can actually help people yeah. do it. Or yeah. do you, do you do the decluttering and organizing like for people? Is that how it works with your in person and like teach them along the way? Yeah. So one of the things that I do when we first have our um, consultation, because everybody gets on the phone with me um, before we actually go into their homes, is we kind of try to figure out your mindset, like where your mind is in this process. Um, and if you are not ready to take on that decluttering part, because we go into that in depth, then I would I would caution you to start the process because it really does, in order to, for most people, in order to get to the place that they need to be, which I like to call it getting people back to their base, base zero, a lot of times, um, it will take some decluttering. It will take a little or a lot of decluttering. And so I like to, in that consultation, kind of start them on the journey to understanding hey, this is what we're going to do. Are you ready to take this on? And if not, maybe we should wait or maybe this is not the right service for you. So it kind of starts there. 
And then as we are doing our in-person sessions together, I'm having discussions with um, those clients about, you know, the process that we're going through, about helping them, giving them ideas to maintain the space, about why we are letting go of things. Because, listen, the hardest thing for a lot of people to do is to let go of things. I don't, uh, I'm not a very sentimental person when it comes to stuff, right? Um, but I find that there are people who are very, very tied to their things. And so, you know, oftentimes when we are in an in-person session together, it's really talking them through that process, process of understanding why it is that they need to let this thing go and helping them to kind of see the other side of it. Because every day, all day, right, somebody will give you an explanation as to why things should stay in their home and why they will need it later or what they will need it for. But if you challenge them and say, well, it's been here all this time, it's collecting dust, you haven't used it and so forth, right? Um, Then you kind of begin to kind of change their mindset on, okay, understanding that maybe this is not something that I really need. So it starts during the consultation, that whole process of kind of teaching them and working on their mindset. And then we kind of do it when we're in the in-person sessions as well. Yeah, I think, you know, that idea of I might need it later or, you know, whatever. There are so many reasons we want to keep an item around. Those are the most common roadblocks. So um, I love that you help people through those roadblocks that, you know, once you start letting go, a lot of those excuses start to fall away. But it's just the process of actually starting and how those excuses can can keep us from from even starting in general. One thing that I hear often and that I think is like a phrase in the minimalism world is that you can't organize clutter. So I know that you do decluttering and organization. And I was curious if you agree with that statement. And if so, what are your recommendations for someone who wants to start decluttering because they maybe feel like their house is so disorganized? Right. Right. You know, um, so let's start here. You can't organize clutter. Most people do have organized clutter. If we're being honest, a lot of people have organized clutter where you will walk into their home and their home looks totally pristine, right? And then you'll open a a cabinet or a closet or somewhere and you look inside and it's like, what's going on here? I would not be able to find anything in there. But they can tell you, person, right? who, you know, it's totally pristine on the outside, but then when you open the door, it looks like a bunch of confusion. They, most of them will be able to tell you what is inside there. That's what we kind of call organized clutter, right? I think that is very unhealthy because my view of organization is that it is not something that should be a one-person thing. It should be something that is shared by everyone in the household. And so if you have organized clutter and you're the only one who can find the stuff in that organized clutter, then it's really not organized because it's if someone else can't come in and find the thing that needs to be found, then there is some form of decluttering that has to be done, right? 
So I definitely do believe that you cannot organize clutter and that the process to getting organized starts with getting rid of the things that you don't need. Um, But the first step, I think, you know, when most people start decluttering, they go straight to the physical stuff. And as I was talking about before, the first step that you really have to take on when it comes to decluttering is shifting your mindset. And I actually talked about this first step in my book that I wrote that it's not actually the physical stuff that we need to address first. It's the shifting of our mindset, right? Because our relationship with the clutter, is, it's often a behavioral issue that's behind that, right? And so in order for us to change that behavior that got us into that situation in the first place, we have to kind of address our thought process and the way that we think about piling things up in our home and just shoving things in a drawer and not necessarily having a process to how things are put away, right? So how we view clutter in our homes, why our home become um, this, this holding place for clutter, or even our inability, like we were talking about before, to get rid of things that no longer serve us, that is all a conversation around mindset. And so before you even start tackling that physical part, we want to kind of delve into the, to, to, to the mindset so that we can get to the why, so that we can fix the behavioral issues that got you into the clutter craziness in the first place. So all of that to say, the first step is really shifting and addressing your mindset first. Okay, so I love this because I am naturally like what you just described, an organized or I guess disorganized clutter, but it's organized in my mind. And <laughs> my husband is the opposite. He like, you know, can he he can make a good organization system and actually stick to it. And we're all able to work with it. So for me, it has been any time that I'm able to, and it's it's a long process for me. I can declutter all day, but to actually organize even the stuff that's left is a struggle for me. And so anytime that I can get to an organization system that we can all work together and use, it is, it is such a game changer. So I love that you said like, you know, it's it's kind of unhealthy to have that, especially when you're living with a family. It's one thing if you're just by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so helpful because it causes so like I I don't have to say, you know. I'm the only one who knows where stuff is. Well, why? Because this is my system that doesn't work for other people <laughs> in the family. <laughs> so I just love how you described it. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, after the mindset and even, I don't know, for people like me, I guess, mm-hmm. what have you worked with people that where it's like, okay, I decluttered, but I still like struggle to organize. What is kind of the, the, um, next step, if that makes sense. Sure. You know, I think after that, really the first step, if you've done the decluttering already, is to um, kind of get an idea in your mind of how you would like things to look or how things would function. And so we don't even buy containers and things like that until after the decluttering process, because we want to after we've decluttered and we kind of see what you have left, right? We want to look at your space. And this is where space planning comes in. We kind of want to look at your space 
and see where things make sense in that space and where we should put things. And once we do that, then we can kind of play around with the organizing and kind of determining what tools we'll need to bring in, bin, containers, you know, that sort of stuff, um, and where things would go. But I think, you know, once we work on the mindset and then we've gone through that decluttering process, the next step really is to kind of figure out where things would make sense. Because that's often the other issue that people have with organization. You're like, your sugar is here. Then you have sugar in another cabinet there. Then you have flour, you know, someplace else. And then, you know, more baking stuff that's in another place, you know. So it's, it's really about space planning. The same thing with clothing, you know. You'll have all these clothes pushed underneath your bed. Then you'll have some clothes in a bin in this closet. And then, you know, you have clothes put in your garage or wherever, a storage area that has that. The whole idea is that if you plan out your space properly and kind of um, be intentional about where things are going to go, then you can start the organizing process that way. So that's why decluttering is so important important to do beforehand. And when we declutter, the thing that I always try to make people do is we're not, I'm not big on um, the method where you're just like taking things from everywhere um, and bringing it and putting it together. I'm not big on that. I do faces at a time. But once we've done those faces at a time and we see what we have left over, then we're going to talk about where you have things like that in other places of your home so that we can kind of bring everything together so that it makes sense. So space planning is, is so important and just being intentional about where we're going to put things and then put a plan in place for the bins and the containers and, and things like that. Yeah, that's so good. And I think if I'm being honest, like a lot of the places where I I'm still a disorganized mess or whatever are places where I probably could still use decluttering. So I, I mean, although it takes a lot out of me because of just how my brain works to keep an organization system. So there's that the less I have, yes, the easier it's going to be to organize. So areas where I find uh, I'm still like, I know where it is, but nobody else does. I'm still a mess. Like those areas, if I'm being honest with myself, I could probably use to re-declutter those areas, you know? I totally, I totally agree with you. And you said something that is so important, right? I think the issue that people don't understand is exactly what you said. And that's big when we talk about maintenance, right? The less you have to manage, the easier the system is to keep up. It's plain and simple. The less you have to manage, the less cleaning that you're going to do. The less you have to manage, the less other people who are participating in this process are going to have to do. So it re- the decluttering is so important that I-, I tell people when we're talking about this process. And decluttering is an ongoing process. It doesn't end with a one-time session, or even if we do six sessions together, it normally doesn't end with that. Because guess what? We're always bringing new things into our space, right? And so if we're not being intentional about 
setting up some sort of decluttering schedule or being mindful, again, going back to mindset, being mindful of, okay, I'm going out and shopping for a new wardrobe. So I'm going to be buying five pairs of shirts or whatever. And I did not go through my closet beforehand to get rid of things to make space for the new things that I'm bringing in. Then guess what? You're going to get back into the same situation that you were before. So it's so, so imperative that we understand that the less you have to manage, the easier it is to keep organized. So good. Yes, I I can fully agree with that. I know it for myself. It's so true. I, I First of all, I love the focus that you kind of put on it as like, this is important for your whole family, for everyone that lives in the home. And for me, that's like, you know, I've been doing the whole decluttering thing and and maintenance decluttering. Like you said, it's an ongoing process. I've been doing it for over five years. It wasn't like a natural part of my life before that. But still, it's making light bulbs go off for me that like, OK, this one area like my right now, my um, bathroom, like pantry area, not pantry, um, linen closet. It's like I'm the really the, only, the main person who uses it, except for this section with towels because it's my makeup and things like that. But it is pretty disorganized. Every time I open it, I'm like, this needs, I need to deal with this. This is not good. Ever since we moved into this house, it's just been getting worse. Mm -hmm. And just thinking, uh, most of the time I, I tell myself, like, it's fine. I'm the only one who needs to find that stuff. But there are sections of it that like our medicine and things like that, that, that other people need to find. And although I would say that is more organized than the other messy parts, it's still... I know that when my husband opens that closet, it probably stresses him out. <laughs> His brain is totally different than mine. So I just love that focus on on others as well and how that, at least for me, that motivates me to go tackle that closet because I need to. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that, you know, the system shouldn't be for you alone. And even when we're talking about, um, you know, being a person of one, what if you are that person of one, right? And something happens to you in your apartment, your home, wherever you are. And someone has to come in and find things for you, right? I'm always thinking about, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, would they be able to find things easily? Would somebody be able to help you if, if, if you needed that sort of assistance, right? If you got sick, um, you know, if anything happened where you could not function normally and you needed the help of someone to come in and help as a person of one or as a, as a family, right? And so when we think of it in that way, having a system, it's not, it's a community thing. It's not something that's just specifically for us, but for whomever is going to come into our home and into that space. Ever since I had my second daughter, I have been struggling to find a way to be consistent with working out. It was a hobby that I loved in the past, but I've just had a hard time figuring out how to fit it into my life now. Then I discovered my co-pilot and it has been really impactful on my fitness journey. It's a service that links you with an affordable real life personal trainer and the use of an app for personalized workouts tailored to individual needs and goals. You get real person accountability, flexibility, and expert training at an affordable rate. 
I love that Copilot offers a connection to a real life trainer because I needed that type of accountability right now. I needed to talk to an actual person and have them checking in on me. They design workout programs around your specific lifestyle, your schedule, your goals. If you want to work out at home, what equipment you have. I've loved my experience with Copilot so far. My coach, Leslie, has been extremely supportive and motivational. And she was able to cater all of my workouts to the equipment that I have in my personal home gym and, of course, my schedule. I'd love for you to follow my lead and feel your best. Give Copilot a try and find out why it was listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal trainer app of 2023. Head to minimalish to get a 14-day free trial with your own personal trainer. That's go.mycopilot.com slash minimalish to get a free 14-day trial with your very own personal trainer. Take a back seat and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. I would love to hear, I know you said that you have been like organized from the very start, but whether it's in your own home, like for you know, a family member that maybe is not as organized, is Asian minded as you, or if it's just with clients that you work with, what do you see as like the most impactful space to be decluttered and organized in the home? For me personally, that's my kitchen and my family room. And one of the reasons why I believe that is of great impact is because number one, the kitchen is normally the heart of the home, right? But also for people that have family rooms or living rooms, you know, gathering spaces like that, that's also the place where we kind of seek self-care. That's where we seek our self-care. And so if that area is jumbled with clutter and things that are unnecessary in that area, then it's hard for us to be able to get that relaxation or that escape that we need in that living room or family room area when things are just jumbled. Um, I love coming home and seeing my kids curl up inside of our family room, knowing that it's a place of peace, that there's no clutter and craziness around um, for them to just be able to relax and be, you know, in peace. And so I think the family, that has been a huge area that I'm seeing in clients' homes where their living spaces as well as like the kitchen is cluttered and people can't really gather um, as families and really have that relaxation time together that they need because there's stuff all over the place that does not make any kind of sense, right? Um, and then the kitchen because of so many factors because when we are doing grocery shopping, when we are cooking, like if I have people that come over to my home um, and, you know, we're having a potluck or we're serving uh, large amounts of dishes where things are spread all over the place. It, for me, I don't have to say to somebody, oh, go look here, go look there. Somebody can easily open a drawer and see these, these are where my serving things are. These are where all the forks are. These are where all the knives are. And they're not jumbling through 500 things to find what they need. Same thing with my kids. Uh, most of the time, I'm the one who is the primary one responsible for grocery shopping. But in terms of putting away the groceries, the whole family, all everybody knows how to put groceries away. 
and where they should go in the freezer, in the refrigerator, in the cabinets, in the pantry. And that's because we took the time to be very intentional about setting up those spaces so that anybody can follow that system and anybody can um, really follow along and find what they need when they need it. So for us, the biggest impact, and it's, and it's where I work a lot with families is in their kitchen. But for us specifically, the biggest impact has been in our kitchen and our family room. I would fully agree with that on our end too. It's probably pretty universal that those spaces really they can make you feel at peace in your home and they're just like some of the most used spaces too. So if you don't have a system and if you don't have less stuff, then it's really easy for it to get out of hand and overwhelming. With that said, how do you stay organized? Like in these very, you know, highly used spaces, at least for me, I'm thinking like from the perspective of a lot of people listening have young kids and they can be messy, right? <laughs> and um, they can make lots of messes. So how do you like stay organized with a family and with lots of people um, who are kind of in on this life together? I'm going to go back to um, being strategic, right? So once you have curated your space, created the system that you needed. And for me, um, sometimes I think where I see clients or people that I work with falter on the system is the system is not carried through all the way. So for me, a system includes the placement where we're putting things. Um, it can, it includes the container or the bin, whatever we're putting the things that we need to um, store in. And it also includes a label, right? And I think sometimes people forget that last thing, the label, because for maintenance, labeling is extremely important, right? But be strategic in terms of following through on that system. You've got to follow through on the system in order for you to be able to maintain the space. And, all, and remember that it's important for you to be intentional about what you're bringing into your space. Like I said before, when you're shopping for toys or you're shopping for clothing, um, You've got to be intentional and think about what you have at home first before you bring other things into the space. And the one thing that I always say to clients is before you bring anything into your space, make sure that it fits into the system that you've already created. And if it doesn't, then you need to think twice about bringing that thing into your space. Because again, the less you have, the easier it is for you to maintain. So that first step is really to be strategic. And then the second step is follow up. As I was talking about before, you know, life is going to change. You know, when you have younger kids, there are constant toys and things that are coming in. As the kids get older, the toys disappear. But there are other things that come in like papers and electronics and, you know, clothes and shoes. But life is going to change. This is it's. It happens for everybody, right? Life changes are going to happen. And so you may need to tweak your systems. So schedule some sort of refresh as necessary. And like I said before, never stop decluttering. Never stop decluttering. You always have to make an assessment of 
the spaces that you've organized. So if you see the kids' uh, toys are getting out of hand, that is a signal for you to say, all right, it is time for us to go through these toys again. Once you see that it's getting to a place that's unmanageable, that should be the direct indication that it's time for another declutter session to happen. Same thing with um, your kids and their clothing because of the fact that they go through those clothing so fast. Once you see it gets to a point where it's overloaded and it's hard for you to manage, even when you're doing laundry and putting things away, if it's hard for you to manage, if it's hard for that child to manage, that should be an automatic trigger that, okay, I need to schedule some sort of decluttering session. When things become overwhelming, that is usually a sign that the system needs to be tweaked or more decluttering needs to happen. So always make sure that you're following up. Two things that you mentioned that really spoke to me is like labels. And I think that that is a huge help in our house. Anytime we have something labeled, especially in our playroom, I've labeled things like for myself, for my husband when he's putting things away. And of course, for the kids, which they're younger and they can't necessarily read yet, but we've got pictures on them and it, it's helped so much there. And so I need to put that in the rest of my house. But um, I, I just love that tip. And I also love that you said never stop decluttering because that's just so true. Like it, it's just, I think, you know, people want to feel bad that they have to continue decluttering because, oh, they must not be, you know, if, if minimalism is something that's important to them, I must not be minimalist enough if I have to continue to do this, but it's life. And especially if we have multiple people living in our homes, like we, we are going to have to bring things in and then things get grown out of, or we don't have a use for them anymore. So we have to keep decluttering. So I just love um, that you bring that encouragement. One thing I want to talk about before we kind of close out our conversation is we are nearing the holiday season. It can be a busy season. And I think it can be a season where obviously we're bringing more stuff into our home, more clutter can come in. So in this busy season, are there any areas of your life and home that you focus on decluttering or organizing? Um, so this question, um, I think for me, this has shifted over the years, right? Now that I have older kids, it has shifted completely. When my kids were younger, obviously, we're going to focus on toys because family members are buying toys. Um, uh, we're also focusing on clothes because during the holiday season, it's a big time when people are just like shopping, getting all the sales and buying all the new things, right, for the new year. So that was a lot of what we focused on when my kids were younger. Now, I mean, I have a 21-year-old, right? And so for us, that has shifted a lot because we're not buying as much things for, for them anymore. So for me personally, now what I focus on during the holiday season is not bringing any duplicates into my home with decor or holiday items. So for me, that if I want to get a specific set, you know, um, for Christmas in terms of what do you call it? Cuddlery or plates, things like that. If I want to get something like that, do I really have them? Do I have something that's working already? And if I do, then am I going to get rid of this or donate it so that I can bring the new thing in? Same thing with the holiday decor. I'm not a big, like, 
Christmas decor and um, Thanksgiving decor and all the, the 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 types. I'm not a big person like that, but you know, I'm I try to be very careful in terms of not duplicating things. So I'm going through my containers, I'm going through my bins, and I'm going through where I store all those things beforehand. So I'm not bringing the duplicates into my home. And then at the end of the season, what I kind of do is look at those things and take inventory to see, maybe I want to change things for next year. So maybe donate the things that I have that are in my home. So that is one of the big areas that we kind of look at now, since we're not buying as many things for our children, is just making sure in terms of holiday items that we're not bringing in too many duplicates of things in our home. And then the second thing for us is that um, we do more experiencing as a family for the holidays than we actually do stuff or things. And so one of the big things that we kind of focus on that I don't think some people might think about, but it falls into minimalism and decluttering and organizing is looking at our budget, right? We take a look at our budget because we want to see what we can afford within our budget in terms of the experiences we want to do. So is that going to a holiday show? Is that taking a vacation? Is it going to a fancy restaurant? What What is it that we're doing as a family? Because that's the gift that we're giving each other now is the experiences instead of the stuff um, that fits within our budget. So we have a yearly spreadsheet that we keep for our family, a 12-month uh, spreadsheet. So during the holiday times, I like to take a look at that and see, you know, how our budget is working for the remainder of the year. And then that gives me sort of an indication of what we can or cannot do. That gives me an indication of, can we take that family trip around the holiday time, right? Or do we have to stay local? So I think that's something that people don't necessarily think about. But for us, because we're doing more experiences, we kind of take a look at our budget during that time. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think even if speaking of gift buying, it's so important to to take your budget into consideration and to not feel like you need to push yourself outside of that just to fit in with, you know, someone else's idea of what gift exchange you need to be in and things like that. Because you know, it's it can be such a hard time of year financially for so many people. And there's a lot of impulsivity that can happen. I mean, in in general, it's easy to be an impulsive buyer. But during that season, it's so much easier to do that because there are sales and there are so many ads and and you're often buying for other people. And so it's so easy to be impulsive, even like with decor. Like you said, you walk in, you see all the new beautiful decor trends that are happening and and you just want to buy it, but look at what you already have. I love the idea of just like, don't do this. Don't bring in duplicates. Or if I'm going to, like, I would need to really think about this because I need to let go of the others. So, so good. I love all of that. And I think, you know, that is going to help a lot of people <laughs> as we come into this holiday season. I've loved all that you have shared. Just it's inspired me. I'm going to go, like I said, I'm, I need to declutter and deal with my linen closet, <laughs> my makeup. I mostly just need a better system and better containers probably um, mm -hmm. once I do declutter. But I, I'm just so grateful that uh, I've gotten to have this conversation with you for my sake and for listeners. 
But I do have two questions that I like to ask every guest. So the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? Well, I'm simplifying the things that I'm responsible for. Um, because I think for me, um, my daughter is going through her last year of high school. And so it's very important for me to be able to spend time with her as she goes through this process. And um, I just want to be able to be present. So in my business and in my personal life, I'm just trying to simplify my routines and my responsibilities and the things that I'm um, in charge of so that I can free my time up to spend time with her. I love that. Um, and the second question that I like to ask is what's something that you're loving right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I am loving rediscovering, um, spending a long time in my 40s. I think, you know, I've been married since I was 23. And so oof, being married over two decades now, um, you haven't... I haven't spent much time alone. It's, it went from my parents' house to college, then to marriage and moving here with my husband. And so I'm loving um, taking solo trips and kind of just getting to know myself as a woman in my 40s now. Oh, I love that. I was married at 23, too. We're 10 years in, but I can, even though we're not, we're not <laughs> in the 20s, yeah, I can still feel that because I it's just, yeah, you never really experience like living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Janelle, for coming on the show. Uh, where can listeners find you if they want to follow along with you? Oh, you can find me on all social media platforms at Organized by JWC. And thank you for having me on, Desiree. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope it inspires you to just organize or declutter whatever stage you're at one area of your home today. I am personally about to go through a six-day decluttering challenge myself. Just kind of like a simple surface-level declutter. Not anything too crazy at this time of year because things are busy. But in your Minimalish Holidays, which is the 30-day guided journal I created, six of those days starting at day 10, are a pre-holiday decluttering challenge. So I am getting really close to that. I started my journal about a week ago, so I'm getting close to day 10. I'm kind of excited to go through this little decluttering challenge because some of it for me is going to be based in organization because that's just where I'm at in those areas of my home. So with all that said, if you do need a guided decluttering challenge, you can grab your minimalish holidays at DesireeEndries.com slash your dash minimalish dash holidays, or you can just find the link in the show notes. And that journal will guide you through not only a six day decluttering challenge, but also just 30 days of getting clear on your values for this time of year and following through with a holiday season that matches those values. That's all I have for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or share it on Instagram, wherever you like to share things. Thank you for all the ways that you all share the show. I always love seeing that you are listening in. So I'm just grateful for you for being here. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.